can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely co-host, Jane Olivia Hammer. Mm. And before we get into the episode today, I do want to let you know that if you want to keep tabs on us between apps, you can find us all over social media. We're just strewn about. We mm. are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We're even on threads. You can, in all those instances, you can find us at Movies We Missed. Mm. Uh, Jane, how are you doing this lovely, crisp January evening. Well, I'm doing well. I think, you know, I was kind of shocked that you gave me the middle name of Olivia because I really felt like you would have given me uh, Viola's name. And it just, it brings no. up a larger question. Like, do you not think I'm a main character of of our story, of this story, of my story? What do you, what do you think? I'll ask you first. Do what you do think that I think that you're, that you're main character? I think here's what I think. I think that you should think that I'm main character. Here we go. In our story, for sure. In my own story, of course. But in our story, I'm certainly, you know, a main character. I would say we are, if we're comparing this podcast to the movie that we watched um, this week, She's the Man, I feel like I'm the Amanda Bynes and you're the Channing Tatum. Do you not feel like that's accurate? We no, I'm like this. I'm the I'm the surly coach of the soccer team. Oh, you don't feel like you're even. You feel like you're like you have two scenes and that's it. I'm not. I'm not Channing Tatum Kravitz. No, that's not me. I am. <laughs> I'm far away. I'm doing. I'm doing my own thing. I'm coming in every now and then to try and clean up the mess. I show up okay. at the end to sort of like set things right, and I've just got sort of like a surly expression on my face, like most of the time, mm. and I'm just waiting on you to prove to me that you belong here. So I think I'm really given like, you know, the coach. Okay, the but you also didn't answer my question. Coach O'Shaughnessy, you you didn't answer my question. Do you think I'm the main? What was your question? Do you was? think? Do you think of me as the main character of this podcast? I thought I I thought I said emphatically no. Really okay, so if you okay, so so you think I'm you think I'm more of an Olivia or what? Yeah. Okay. Um. Interesting. You're good for a couple like little sprinkled in, you know. So your your proposition for this podcast is that there is no main character. <laughs> no, we're both just incendiary. We're just like hanging out peanut gallery. Okay. In the background, watching, and maybe the main you know, the action fold. the Viola, the the Duke Orsino of the podcast is the movie itself. Maybe. Ooh, I like that. Mm. I like that. Mm. I feel like if you're too close to the source, sometimes mm. it just like kind of blurs mm -hmm. things, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think we're on this. I think at least for she's the man. I will say that I feel that way. There may okay. be other movies where I'd feel differently, but I think. For she's the man, I think yeah, we're both on the sidelines. Okay, okay. Is there a movie that we've done that you feel like we are the main character of that podcast episode? Um, that's a good question. I do not off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. I will. I will say nothing with Nicolas Cage. He's the main character of every room that he's in, and every every mm -hmm. room that his name is mentioned. Not Nikki C. No. 
But there's got to be something. Yeah, I'm sure there is something. I just was curious because I guess I started out this this evening thinking we are the main character of this podcast, but I think I think you're right. We are. Um, we're not. We're we're ushering our team to you know um, discuss the main character, which is the movie. So. Yeah, we're sort of just shocked observers. We're like watching what's happening mm-hmm. and what's unfurling. And we're like chatting with each other about it. But I mean, the main character of this movie is Amanda fucking Bynes. Uh, yes, she, you know yes, what I mean? Uh, where, where's her Oscar taking on uh, two roles, giving us our, our parent trap moment? Um, mm. A lesser actor could never. You know a what I mean? A lesser actor could never. And you know, there is, uh, we. this is this. Nickelodeon trained. Well, <laughs> don't you fucking forget it. The Amanda show all that i mean iconically also of that show with jenny garth um that i can't remember that she starred in where she oh what i like about you what i like about you i really liked that show i think it was a wb joint back when the cw really was ever called remember, the wb i don't remember watching it but i remember like liking it and i remember when it came out just being like good for jenny yeah like, oh, like oh you were always... like you were, see you saw yourself as more of a jenny you were rooting for jenny garth more so than amanda Bynes. i, I don't think you had to pick one okay. i think they were like mother daughter i just wanted them both to have a moment <laughs> but i was rooting for i always root for like a child like i always root for like a child star of course you know, when i saw recently uh when i saw kieran culkin you know snag the golden globe mm. and the emmy i thought good good for good for him Can- that's what i thought when i see Ginny working. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. When I see Tori's getting a check from somebody, take care of those 12 kids. <laughs> yes. 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 Why'd you do it? But yes. You shouldn't have had that many kids. But yes. But yes. Yes. Because <laughs> she's got to pay for them now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Candy. Candy closed the bank a while ago. Yeah. No, Tori does not have daddy's money. Dave, so Candy Spelling locked that shit down. So Dave, our producer, yeah, he wrote in on our chat that Tori has daddy's money, but I think it's famously um, untrue because no. Candy cut Tori out of the will as soon as she could. Yeah. I think it was like years ago. Like, yeah. Free a lot of these kids, actually. I think Candy, like, she's not getting any of that money from love but residuals um i'm sure candy's living quite the life and it's possible that maybe she's got like she's gonna get like a really big inheritance i because i think tori spelling is i think aaron spelling's only child no no she has a brother oh okay um i remember this because i think her brother was his younger he's younger brother and i think he was on an episode on i two one oh and i just remember that being like all over like us weekly and people magazine being like when that yeah it happened that's because, right because you were editor-in-chief over at people no i was before. my sister and i were obsessed with my two and like we used to take the episodes and i was too young to be watching it at the time like it started when i would think was i was in kindergarten but i was on it yeah i was more of a melrose place girl i watched both um, i watched both <laughs> I, I mean i sprinkled in the 90210 mm. i always was like what is andrea doing here uh <laughs> that never that, Something, something, in the, in the, something in the milk ain't clean. I knew, I knew that that jig was up. I think had it been her choice, <laughs> yeah. yeah, had it, had it, yeah, had it been her choice, I think some of um, yeah, Papa's uh, ducats would be funding the lifestyle. I'm sure also when she started like having that like truckload of kids, Candy was like, it's giving clampets. I'm out. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna be a part of this. She's like, why are you having ten kids? I need girl? some time alone in my gift wrapping room to really process She's what like the next one or two is. tots would do. <laughs> we're not, we're not those kind of people. <laughs> well, we're back. Jane, of course, had one of her. Um, the vapors is what she calls them. Mm. She, had, she had to sit in her fainting couch for a minute, but she's back <laughs> and she's ready more than ever before mm. to discuss this week's movie. I am. These movies are for lovers right now. We are in mm. full on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. season. We know that when anybody thinks about Valentine's Day, they think about Amanda Bynes. Of course. So Jane very smartly mm. gave us, she's the man to watch and uh I'm, it was well, uh, a hot one 2006 baby. 2006 and i think you know this is um you know 18 years ago 18 years ago and i think this is a movie about um you know finding love for yourself finding i mean of course she does find romantic love as well at the end with duke orsino spoiler alert I think it's okay to spoil well, a movie um, that is 18 years old. Years old yeah. And also this entire podcast is about spoiling movies. So um, if you ha- if this is your first time tuning in and you are incensed that we just spoiled something for you, I have got some news for you. Every single podcast episode that we put out um, is just full of spoilers. So make sure you watch the movie first i mean also there's gonna be way more offensive things than that if that has you in sense then you should turn it off anyway well i never want to um discourage anybody from listening but i do want to say that um you know be prepared because we oh scar I'm also prepared to go ahead and read my synopsis if you want to get started. I, I, I'd be happy to jump in on that. I, I'd love to hear it. It's been a minute since I've heard your your sexy, sexy voice. And um, you know what it does. You know what it does to me. Everybody mm. knows about our sexual relationship we've yeah. had before. They know about yeah. the drama, mm. getting this podcast to, to air, mm-hmm. to print. The back know, and the forth. We're sort of the Ross and Rachel of our own podcast um, for a number of reasons, um, which I think will reveal themselves to you. Um, as you... over the cor- Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Over the course of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought of us as like Ross and... Never mind. Let's just go. What were you going to say? <laughs> Wait. No, because it was good. I realized how insane and weird it was going to sound. <laughs> I was like, don't say that. That's going to sound so strange. And then Jane's going to call you out on it. And then you're going to have to Why just live take in that, that away from so I... me and the listeners? You know everyone's here for that. Well, because it made no sense. Yeah. And it sounded really strange. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to have to explain that I didn't mean for it to sound as weird as it did. That's okay. You just want me to say it because you want to roast me. <laughs> Actually, I saw this meme today that really spoke to me. It was like some. It's like somebody is like, you know what? I'll tell you later. And then it's like me, like you have to tell me now or I'll throw up. <laughs> That's like that is. I was no, you said Ross and Rachel. I was, I was like, I was like, I always think like to think of us as Ross and Emma, who is Ross's daughter. And then I was like, and then you're gonna be like, you know what? what? That what? is when you said Ross and Emma, I immediately thought of Ross and Emily, 
the British fiance. I was like, that's not that Oh, weird. not the baby that Ross and Rachel have? <laughs> yeah. That is, I don't want to, like, I don't. What are you implying? I do not want to unpack that in any way. Yeah, that's me neither. <laughs> and I didn't mean it. So. So with that, let's go ahead and do the synopsis. Um, we'll get started. <laughs> and pull this podcast together. <laughs> just so everybody knows, what just happened was that I'm sitting in like a wheelie chair. And I had my feet up on that little bar that's underneath the wheelie chair. Mm. But somehow my big, the space between my big toe and whatever that toe is next to your big toe got caught between the bar. But my toe was like flipped around and there was a moment where I was like, oh, I got this. And then there's like that half second where you're not sure if you do. And it got kind of scary. And you're like, am I going to be able to like get my foot? It's It's the most insane thought in the world. It's like that moment when you put on or when you like your friend has a ring and you're like, oh, let me try it on. And then you put it on and there's a half second where you can't get it off. And you ha- you haven't tried spit or lotion or anything. Mm-hmm. But there's a half second where you think to yourself, this ring's going to be my favorite <laughs> for the rest of my life. And then you get it off like five seconds later and you're like, what? why was that the thought? Insane like, panic. There's so many panic. other like, it was that moment with my toe. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to be able to get my toe? <laughs> like from between the, like my, the space that is caught between my big toe and, and the toe next to it. Am I going to be able to get my foot out of this it? This was and all happening in less than a second. And the face that you made made me think. I know. And it's you... and I made a face of horror. <laughs> like the, I knew the look on my face was like, like said help. Yeah. And then the set, and then the next second it was out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why, why did you panic so much? But they're like, they're like flipped under me. You right. know, how your, your feet are like flipped under you. So they're behind me kind mm-hmm. of. So I just felt very, very unsafe for a second. But I got it taken care of, guys. You did. And I'll probably end up doing it again uh, very shortly. And you still got uh, you still got all ten toes on you for, you know. Absolutely. And I'm standing on all ten toes. Saying that, future. saying that this movie should have won some Oscars. Boom. Let's do it. Let me read the synopsis. Please. <laughs> I hate you. All right. <clears throat> Viola and Sebastian Hastings are your typical all-American teenage twins. Viola loves soccer, Sebastian loves music, and the love of their hobbies is about to take them on a very interesting adventure. Sebastian is supposed to attend a fancy new boarding school called Elaria Prep. He got expelled from Cornwall Academy, the school that Viola still attends. Two weeks before classes officially start, Viola finds out that her school has cut the girls' soccer team. She's devastated. Soccer is everything to her. When she suggests that her and her fellow female teammates try out for the boys' soccer team, she is laughed off by her misogynistic coach and her unsupportive boyfriend, Justin. She dumps Justin on the spot and decides she has to do something to change her destiny. Divine intervention falls into her lap by way of her ne'er-do-well twin, Sebastian. He tells her that he's secretly going to London for two weeks to play some gigs with his band. This means that he'll be two weeks late to his new school. He asks Viola to call and pretend to be their mother and make an excuse for him. But instead of doing that, she does the next best, most obvious thing that any twin would do. The plan is hatched. Viola will undergo a full makeover and pose as her brother Sebastian. 
complete with a short wig, baggy boy clothes, and some very convincing sideburns, Viola is ready to take on Ilaria Prep. She's going to try out for the soccer team and play her school, Cornwall Prep, in the first game of the season, thus proving that she has what it takes to play on the boys' team despite the inconvenience of her gender. So she's got the look and she seemingly has the skills, but will she be able to convince everyone? After a bit of a rough start with her soccer player roommate, Duke Orsino, and his buddies, Toby and Andrew, Viola seems to be making some headway. Is their new friend a bit off in a way they can't properly pinpoint? Sure, but who really cares when Viola posing as Sebastian proves that he can pull a ton of tail? Teenage boys love that. So Duke and Viola, as Sebastian, make a deal. Duke will help with the soccer skills Sebastian needs to make it to the first string by the game with Cornwall. If and only if Sebastian helps Duke get with Olivia, the girl he's been crushing on for ages. With the deal made and the game against Cornwall fast approaching, what could go wrong? Could Viola accidentally reveal herself before she's ready? Will her boobies make an appearance without her permission? Will Sebastian do the unthinkable, like, oh, I don't know, come home early from London and blow up Viola's whole plan? Will we experience many moments of gay panic when Viola as Sebastian falls for Duke while Olivia falls for Viola and while Duke gets a stir in his pants from Sebastian? Well, if you're a fan of shenanigans, we suggest you check this one out and you will get your fill with 2006 She's the Man. That was an adventure, baby. Mm. That was an adventure. You did a really good job. But once again, you all have to keep in mind that this is the plot of uh, Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare that has been adapted from, actually adapted from Motorsport, which apparently was a Disney movie, like that adapt that was an adaptation of Twelfth Night. But they basically just took that movie and that idea of like okay. the sports is sort of the I link and everything. I have to and stop then... you. I have to stop you. You called it motorsport, and for the oh motorsport. No, no, no. For the real ones who know their Disney original movies, it's called motocrossed. Oh, okay. That was for me a a pivotal movie in my childhood because it was like anytime there's weird gender stuff with women, not weird gender stuff, but anytime there's like a gender swapping thing where like a uh, a girl is dressing like a man i was on board and honey i watched with mm. fascination because i was a closet queer person who was trying to figure out what all of that meant and so that had a huge effect on me this came out when yeah, i was motor- a little older so i like already knew where i was at so you already worked through all of your your gender mm-hmm. stuff and like well not really but identity and everything. i oh, th- okay. i was like already out i think at least to my friends i uh my bad motorsport <laughs> is actually a, a migo song featuring Nicki minaj and cardi b mm-hmm. and uh it had a really messy rollout mm-hmm. um lots of drama so i so i think that's probably where my mind was sure at. Mm-hmm. um but you're <laughs> okay. right. Motocross, I didn't. I did not. What'd you say? I said that's okay. I just wanted to make sure for our, you know, no, our, you're right. Our queer, no, our queer for... girlies, which I know that was significant for a lot of, of queer course. girlies growing up. That motocross, that Disney original. But they basically just took that plot and then decided to flip it and reverse it over here. And you know mm-hmm. what? They said, "Do you?" They said, "Let's do soccer and let's do Amanda Bynes." Well, I keep saying they. Not like I like. I don't know that this movie has anything to do with Disney, though. Um, no, I don't think it did. 
but yeah so i mean whoever i just mean the because was it was it amanda Bynes? she wasn't in that movie motocross no 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 no. she was on okay. she was on nickelodeon which i believe that's right you're right she was a nick girlie is a um, rival of disney i believe absolutely or was I don't um know, but, you know i mean yeah everybody's just holding on for dear life mm. right now <laughs> nobody knows what's what anymore um this movie with the streaming wars going on mm. uh this movie was released on march 17th 2006 mm. so we're, we're coming up on that 18 year anniversary mm-hmm. um and it was made for a budget of 20 million and at the box office, it made a respectable, very respectable, fifty-seven point two million. Mm. So uh, everybody got fed. Everybody got their little bit of money back. Mm-hmm. Those investors were able to breathe a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we love to see it. Um, you know, when we break down these movies, Jane and I have a patented system called Like It, Love It, Load It that we use. We do. Um, we break it down between things that we liked, things that we loved, and things that we loathe. If that wasn't made clear for me, just saying mm-hmm. the name of the segment, mm-hmm. of the segments. But anyway, we're gonna we start with our Like It's. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start us out. I I would love um, that. I think that's generally how we do it. Is the 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 person who didn't pick the movie starts out. If if yeah yeah, yeah I think that's how we do yeah. it. Yeah, he is. You guys, he just rolled his okay. eyes at me. Like 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 I'm I'm not sure what I'm not sure why because we're in this. If the greenhouse together. effect is in the crew, <sighs> is is in the crew, then they'll know. They'll know. <laughs> the hammerheads are on their BS again. <sighs> all the time look uh, and he's dave just chimed in he said with it, his little microaggression mm-hmm. saying it was violent and it was um and i won't have it because like i said I at the beginning of this i love it when a special guest tells you what they will or they won't have i when am the main on by a character of this to their position podcast okay as a guest on my Maybe. show <laughs> my show the house that brand built <laughs> who are you talking to if i'm not here well the i'm talking fucking me. wall no i'm talking to my fans <laughs> out there i love doing lives mm. i love it when i get on there i'm on for like 10 seconds and tell I tell me why up there are like, four people who join your ig lives and no, you're like and you're true. talking I, to your audience i take a like second to put on my lip chat and i look up while i'm doing it and i'm like oh my god thank you for joining mm. and then i'm getting questions and i'm trying to decipher and somebody's like it's oh mostly god, bots that are like promoted like, on this page <laughs> i'm like sorry vintage <laughs> don't know it's just something that my mom had from high school that I just threw mm. on, and it's actually like really like big and bagging on me. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, that kind of thing yeah. is typically what's really going on. Sure, what's really good. <laughs> so anyway, um, but I'll start us out. I would love graciously. That. Mm. Uh, the first like it that I have for the movie mm. is I like that. So what we find out very quickly in this movie is that it's soccer's life. Mm. Um, for everybody involved, mm. and I like that the soccer team is just unceremoniously cut, mm. and like so unceremoniously cut that but- like. The girls are fully, like, geared up and ready to play when they find out. Like, apparently in 2006, the telephones weren't working. We At couldn't least. send I mean, we an email. email. Was probably touch and go. No, but 2006, it's like, we were emailing notices to, to parents at school saying... Apparently not at this school. Yeah. Because <laughs> the girls show up ready to ready to hit the field. Like, shin guards on, out. uniform on, ponytail tighter than anything you've ever seen. Of course. Uh, mouth guards, uh, double sports bras, whatever you need to do to get through the game, you're geared up and you're ready. And you hit that field and you find out that... The boys are encroaching on what was supposed to be your time on the field. Mm. And there's nobody to coach you. And, you know, they ask the very reasonable question, which is like, can we do like 
I, I actually I shouldn't say reasonable. I know nothing about sports, but can we do like a sort of like co-ed like soccer team moment? Mm-hmm. And the boys' soccer coach laughs in their face, mm-hmm. and it's also the moment that we find out that a man, not Amanda, Viola's boyfriend, who is a soccer player, he's Justin, mm-hmm. I believe. Justin is like one of the star soccer players on the boys team as like Viola was on the girls team. That was their whole vibe. Mm. And we find out that Justin also doesn't think that the girls are as good and doesn't think that, well, here's, um, that the girls should be able to play. Here's what we find out is that in the very, very first scene of this movie, he tells her they're playing soccer on the beach and they're like kissing and all lovey dovey. And he goes, Oh, you're better than most of the boys on, on the soccer team. And so, really, he's not publicly saying that. He's saying that in private, but when push comes to shove, he's not giving up the ghost. He's siding with his boys and thinking, girls Girl. girls cannot join this team. Girls cannot show know, me up or any of my boys up. We all know what these straight boys say in private. Mm. We all, we we all know about, know about and that. And in public. And, and it's a different and, tune. And you're a, mm-hmm. you're a cousin visiting from montana all of a sudden so you got to be careful with them they're tricky um but yeah he's very much like it's 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 giving somebody called joe mm-hmm. because it's a stutter stutter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my dear my dear my dear you do not know me but i know you very well it's very much giving that and um there have been no provisions made and like it's kind of like I like that we're thrust right into the action, but I also love that we are we're instantly made aware that it, everything's gonna be really flying by the seat of its pants mm-hmm. and really loose, and like there's there's not gonna be a lot of adult presence, and we're not gonna get a lot of like the boring paper pushing to get us from plot points. No, and we're not going through the chain of command. Like people are just doing whatever the fuck they want. And for instance, you know what? I like that chaotic energy to start the movie. Me too. And and it does it does play. It gives us a little like there is no adult supervision. They are running around town doing whatever they want. And the reason why Sebastian, her brother, is able to go to sneak off to um, London for two weeks is because their parents are divorced. So they just tell their parents that they're staying with the other one, so that they can run amok all around town. Which I thought. That would not fly. Um, I mean, my parents are not divorced, but I could imagine the scenario where they would probably need to talk to each other in order to make any of that happen. And I would never be able to to flee the way that these kids were able to flee. But, you know, good for them. It, it set the tone for the movie that we didn't have to worry about any, you know, parental interference or supervision, really. It does make me wonder... Everybody knows I'm famously fatherless, but like anybody who grew up with a dad and like uh, like their parents were divorced, mm-hmm. like it was is this like a thing where it's like if your parents just hate each other enough and they don't want to talk to each other enough, then you were you just allowed to wreak havoc as a result of that because it's like your parents would rather like pull like each eyelash out individually than call the other parent to be like Where's Kimmy? Well, so it's just like, fuck, Kimmy's just doing whatever the hell she wants because the parents are just like, whatever, you're with your dad, cool. I never experienced that with any of my friends who grew up with divorced parents. They had to check in. Like, they were, had, like, it didn't seem like they were able to game the system like this. And if they do it there, we and you, we're famously divorced. Yeah, we're parents. divorced. We, um, we co parent our child, Bethory, and um, yeah, of course. she's 12 now. So she is, um, 
She's walking. She, well, <laughs> that. I certainly hope so by 12. You know, she's doing a little more than walking. And maybe if you're a little more present, you would know kind of sort of what's going it's on with Abel her. It's actually what it's giving. Oh, well. Um, but, <laughs> but I do want to just say yeah. that, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, I don't really worry about what Jane's doing mm. when it comes to our daughter. Yeah. She comes to my house and... She runs in and she tells me stories. Mm. Some of them, it sounds like horror stories sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, about Jane's messy love life. Mm. The people that are coming in and out of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, Jane, as everybody in the podcast knows, is... Uh, how do I put this? Mm. I'd love to hear you put it uh, A miserable bar fly. Okay. And so okay. <laughs> she's not always available at the house. You know, those Stouffer dinners are, uh. like, you know... You know, she, she 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 she's got the Gordon Fisherman there too to help the kids and everything. Interesting and stuff like that. So you know, Bethany comes over and she's like, "Da da," like you know, she's twelve. Um, why she? <laughs> and I blame you. Da da. I blame you for like. Honey, I blame you for well, like the the murky motor skills that are sure. that are. Sure, it's all sure, things sure, are being ironed sure, out, but I blame you for a lot of that because I yeah, and it's interesting. I, just, I don't get it. These inventive stories that you come up with are are, are fascinating, and I it I'd love to I'd love to see some of this play out in one way or another, wherein you show up to a parent teacher conference, or oh you chaperone um, a field trip, or you host um, I don't know like a sleepover for Bethany and some of her friends at home instead of what you do, which is you take her in, plop her in front of the TV, and she says, oh, it's so weird because every time I go to my dad's house, he invites people in the back door. He tells me not to look at the back door, and they come into the bedroom, and they make a lot of noise, and there's a lot of grunting, and sounds like furniture is moving and i don't know what's going on and it's like two or three um suitors a night gentlemen callers who may or may not you know um know your first name and so she is then you know watching whatever she wants because you won't put any parental controls on the television and she's sort of eating raw broccoli out of the bag because um there's no one there to feed her so that's the look we we get our own reports from Bethory and we should leave whatever we have out of the podcast of course because we are not only co-parenting but we're co-working and I think it's important that we sort of you know before we start pointing fingers <laughs> um we remember why we're really here first of all mm. <laughs> anything I put VHS tapes okay. of, you know, oh. Marinky Dinky Dink. I put that in. <clears throat> I put, you know, Eureka's Castle. <laughs> she's watching Gullah Gullah Island, so she's finding out about Binya Binya. She comes over now, and she's like, where's Binya Binya? I'm like, let me push play, because I've got VHS Honey, tapes. She's so she's being acquainted with my childhood memories. She's 12. So she's learning a lot there. Also, I like how she she can't look at the back door, but apparently she's using the phrase gentleman suitors. Um, <laughs> well, I may have paraphrased in that. Um... There were some people that came over to help me move. Um, I had a curio cabinet in the room. And I and this happens every door. other weekend that you're moving that curio cabinet? No, because... they helped me with that. Okay. Then there was another time I had an alpha system that I needed help that had fallen over. Oh, so that is and, why you uh, came out of... One of the dads in the neighborhood came over and helped... Uh, 
Gil from up the street. Gil, uh, okay. You remember he was one of the neighbors that you alienated at one of the house know, parties when you got really drunk I and embarrassed can't yourself. Be sure because what Bethany said was I'm not allowed to talk to or make eye contact with anybody who comes through the any any of Daddy's friends who come through the back door. I'm protective of my kids, yeah. and, and I always have mm-hmm. been. And and as for the parent-teacher conference, once you slept with all the teachers at the school, it sort of just felt like it was turning more into a romper room or maybe an episode of Singled Out than mm. a teacher's conference. So I decided to just let you continue to run amok and embarrass yourself in that patented way that only you can. Um, at least, and I, think at least I, thought- I don't turn on Facebook Live, put it in front of my child, and ask everybody to watch my child, will I go out and get something? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everything's being taken out of context uh, now. <laughs> that was a social experiment that I was. Uh, yeah. That I was conducting. Well, the police were called, but that's okay. Speaking of. By you. Speaking of um, um, moving on, I would love. To... Speak. Yeah. Speaking of disguises uh, yeah. and people not being who they say they are, let's get back I to the movie. I would love to get Mother back to the movie and um, you know, figuring Mother out who we truly are on the inside. To get full custody of my child. And, um. um so anyway, Jane, what's what's your first like it for the movie? Okay, so my first like it point is I like how production, everybody involved in the um, creation of this movie is gaslighting us to make us feel like Viola and Sebastian are even kind of related or look alike because they couldn't look less like twins, siblings, or even slightly related. It makes no sense. And it's so weird to me because it's like, A, it's not like you really, the main thing you need from this person playing um, Sebastian is just for him to like look like Amanda Bynes in a wig. Mm -hmm. So like, that's all you need. You don't need somebody who's bringing like Daniel Day-Lewis acting chops. No, no. Nobody on this set was. (laughs) So I think that that's the first sort of perplexing thing Mm -hmm. about it is like, we don't need this like you your only job is to kind of look like her mm-hmm. and they found somebody who looks absolutely nothing like her and is so much bigger than her. yeah and that was like one of my main things was just like i don't understand why we found somebody who was so much larger than amanda Bynes instead of just finding like a slightly smaller framed person to play the part so, so that when wild. they switch identities it kind of makes sense and it kind of seems feasible but this i feel like he's way taller than her and it's just like and and just why? like just like and has a different, different haircut build and, just doesn't look and like, like it was like they really gaslit us throughout this whole movie because there's one scene where sebastian's girlfriend amanda Bynes is walking with her hood up and from behind Sebastian. uh uh Sebastian's girlfriend thinks that Amanda Bynes is Sebastian. And it's like, that would never happen. That is Amanda Bynes from the back. That is not this actor playing Sebastian. And I won't have it. I won't have it. I won't be lied to like this. Well, there's also a scene where once once Viola has taken on the identity of Sebastian, she's now going to Illyria um the high school that he was supposed to be attending mm. because he got kicked out of their high school uh she's playing she's you know trying to join the soccer team she's trying to ingratiate herself to like the boys on the soccer team and so she kind of decides like okay i'm gonna get like my you know her female friends to come in and like pretend to be like girls who want to hook up with sebastian and then sort of rebuff their advances in front of them to just show like that i have like this sort of sexual prowess mm-hmm. and like i am like desired and like i got the juice so to speak and like during this whole scene monique 
who is the actual Sebastian, who is in London's girlfriend, who wasn't made aware of the fact that he was going to London. Um, <laughs> she shows up and she sees Amanda Bynes with this uh, Jesse McCartney wig on. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, that's, that's my, that's, that's my man. And she's like chasing him around this pizzeria. And it's like, you have to know from behind. That's your boyfriend. You know that this man is the same height as you, which should instantly be raising some sort of a flag yeah. if that mop isn't. And <laughs> she's just chasing him around this pizzeria and looking at him. And they're like the exact same eye, like eye level. And it's like, your man is a foot taller than this girl. And there's truly and no way. Just, there's no And the way. frame. Just the frame is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And there's not even like a moment of her sort of quizzically like, what is that? No. Nope. The, we're just, we're on the ride. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're going to, we're going to feed this to you. And you're going to eat it hook, line, and fucking sinker. My question is, is there a male, uh, a, a male, female pair that you could see playing this part well i was trying to think of it and i Ooh. couldn't think of anybody who i feel like could pull this off well i know who would have never done this with amanda Bynes, who actually kind of looks a little bit more like amanda Bynes, and ages are completely off but right like jonathan taylor thomas like interesting doesn't look like amanda Bynes, but i feel like height wise and like mm-hmm. the right hair moment maybe like don't you feel like like jet again he doesn't look they don't look alike at all but just like in terms of build and size like jesse eisenberg like don't you feel like that type like he's a small like guy right yeah dave just yelled out michael Sarah. like right like that sort of like thin small build that's like... yeah i think that's the route you really want to go with like uh, yeah sebastian in order to make it make sense that this could be like a possible and just like, like i don't know who this the actor was but like he just didn't they just didn't even they didn't look like in any way it's just so it was like i remember first seeing this movie and being like confused about how this was to like feel it's a guy named oh no wait that's justin james kirk james kirk yeah i i don't know anything else he's been in um, but you can Google him. He doesn't look anything like Amanda Bynes. <laughs> so anyways. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, yeah, I really, I, okay. I will say that they're actually closer in height than I think I realized. Amanda Bynes is kind of tall. Amanda, Amanda Bynes is 5'8". It's, it's, it's less about the height for me. It's more about the build. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. She, she's 5'8". He's 5'11". So like I guess in their minds they were probably that's still too like, tall five eight and five eleven that's a discrepancy. No, it is, and like it and it plays out like one yeah. in this film. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it just it just doesn't make sense, and I do think I think that a slightly smaller framed person would maybe have been like a little bit easier mm-hmm. to to see, and then I mean, there's plenty of like smaller like character actors, young character actors you know, that could have played the role. So, yeah, that was the first thing that it's just, like, you're supposed to And, not and to I think take, that's a part of the reason. Not to take anything away no. from you, James Kirk. Like, you know, you did well. It was just, it didn't, like, fully <laughs> make sense as a viewer. I also, I feel like that character, the actual brother that she's playing, he disappeared. Yeah. Meaning that we don't get a lot of shots of him, mm. like, even in the UK and things like that. And I think a part of it is probably because of the implausibility that they probably were like, let's just keep them off screen as much as possible. Because we don't, we don't need our viewers constantly just being like, what y'all do? Um, 
there's so many people that just like fuck up casting though and you're like what do you do like that's your one job is to like cast well um <laughs> so weird sorry i didn't mean to come for for casting no that's all right just it is what sure it is you never get cast in anything you know what i mean you really oh, i would love to do the casting because oh, they would hate me because i would actually be like nitpicky yeah and i'd be like no we're not <laughs> casting that person in this part they don't look like that nice try um my next liking was mm-hmm. actually that Amanda Bynes played such a huge role in getting Channing Tatum the part. Yeah. Like, they didn't want to go with Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. and he has credited her uh, several times with, like, being the person who really sort of helped him get his foot in the door in Hollywood. I mean, at the time, I guess Channing Tatum would have probably been, like, 24, 25. Yeah. And they kind of were like, well, he doesn't really look like a teen. Not that that's ever mattered. And I think Amanda Bynes uh, said something along the effect of, like, girls will fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Or, like... Basically, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. He's attractive, and, like, that's all that really matters. And she's not wrong. Um, And so, yeah, that's just really cool that she helped sort of open the door for him and, like, really... And I'm I'm sure it was probably helpful to just be like, ooh, that's the person I want to be, like, staring at for the next... <laughs> for the next several months of filming. And... Absolutely. I mean, Channing Tatum, I, I, you know, I, he is, I, I like him a lot. I think he's, he's good in everything that he does. And um, I think he's like a likable person and he's very attractive objectively, but there are people who like are like, can't get enough of Channing. And it's interesting to me, you know, they're like, really ravenous for him like the whole magic mike thing i never i've never seen a magic mike movie i guess i've never seen magic mike either yeah okay either of them i but i i feel warmly about him but just people are just like you know there's some serious i haven't seen him in a lot of in a lot of things um honestly i have never actually seen him in any of i've never seen any of the step up movies i've Um, never seen any of the step up movies either i think he's only in the first one I think the main thing I feel like I know Channing, Channing Tatum from is the 21 Jump Street films. Yeah, me too. And that one movie with um Rachel, is it, was it Rachel McAdams? Where she like forgot her, she like got, had amnesia and then like re-fell in love with her boyfriend who was Channing Tatum. Like it was like a rom-com. I don't think it like oh. did that well, but like. I think it was Rachel McAdams. Now I have to look this up. Sorry, y'all. This is really important stuff. Dear John? Nope, but I did see that one. Laura and I saw that in the theaters. I didn't see that one. Is he in that one? Dear John? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. Oh, The Vow. It's called The Vow. The Vow. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen that one. But I, I, I think that he seems to like be in on the joke and he can sort of laugh at himself, yes. which I think is really cool. And... Yeah, no, I agree with you. He's a good actor. I, honestly, I was, I was talking about this recently with somebody with you, because I was like, I feel like it's the same thing. Y'all don't come for me, please mm, don't come, come for me for when him. I say this. Do do what you need uh, to. No, don't. Don't let him tell you. But I watched Saltburn recently, and like, <laughs> I thought Jacob Elordi was like okay. I thought Barry Keegan was so much hotter. Oh, that and, is so. That is and so interesting. I didn't. You didn't mention like, to me that you thought Barry. I don't know how to say it. Keegan? I, thought it was, I think it's Keegan, I, right? I, I heard Jacob Alordi say it in an interview, and he said Keogan. Keogan. Okay. It may be Keogan. Yeah. Either way, I think I thought he was way hotter. And people are like, Jacob Alordi. And I'm like, yeah, he's he's like a cute, tall man. 
but like i i didn't leave the movie thinking about him at all no and uh yeah I, no i thought i was like very keegan i thought was like sexy and like really interesting keegan, show a little and, fucking uh, respect keegan yeah keegan. um i think I think they're both. Yeah, yeah, I do like the authority that you now gave yourself. It's pronounced that name <laughs> from the beginning, where you were merkily Completely approaching unsure. it, and now and now it's and just something. I do think now it's your family name. I do think Jacob Alordi is attractive, but like he. Oh, I, I, I don't. It's not. No, I don't no, no, question I, that he's attractive. No, no, no. Though. I know it's the same thing with Channing Tatum, where it's like he like he's not like oh he's so hot. You know what I mean? Like there's like it that does. Yeah, I think it's that he's really tall and like people really love tall guys and he seems very lovely like in he interviews he seems and charming very, he seems and very lovely mm-hmm. i know he has an accent in real life mm-hmm. but it's just like people are people have just been really like salivating mm-hmm. in this way that i just i think it's just funny i also think it's that thing where it's like people ruin things for you yeah. because they take it to such it's extremes too much. Just like, it's too much yeah. it's like stop it's like when it's like when napoleon dynamite came out and everybody went crazy mm. for it and i went and saw it and i was like fine like it was kind of funny and then like i went to school and everybody's wearing those fucking vote for pedro shirts and everybody was quoting it constantly and i was like just stop it it's you're enough. gonna ruin enough. an okay thing yeah <laughs> it was fine it made me chuckle don't beat it into the ground like god oh i hate it when people would do that when i would and well, I hated it's it because annoying like, when people like something it's annoying when people's Ugh. personalities become movie quotes it's like okay can we have a conversation it was like it's like um straight guys with anchor man you know what i mean like for sure a very funny movie very funny movie like, people will just like ruin it for you it was like that rick james bit on oh on the Chappelle show, show. Back yeah in the day. oh my god i i remember when that happened and i remember watching it and i thought it was so funny Me too. and then i got to school and we had like a field trip to like a planetarium or something mm-hmm. and like a couple of kids kept kept going with that fucking i'm rick james bitch thing oh my god and it got to the point that i like i hated it because it was like you ugh, here's the problem you ruined it. This here's isn't... the problem with the general public yeah. is that you fucking ruin everything and i want you listeners to take that away it's like if you think something is funny don't love it too much in front of me because i'll fucking hate you for it is that is that just like everybody just calm down yeah let's all just be like yeah that was good and like move on but you, and also you literally <laughs> saying i'm rick james bitch over and over again it's not that's not funny comedy <laughs> and Ugh. we should know because we are the hosts of a comedy podcast you guys and every and we host this one too and we host this one too and every moment of Absolutely. this every moment of this fucking podcast is a knee slapper because we know what the fuck we're doing and we're pros speaking of I would love to share my next like it point if you feel like this Please is a do. good um, transition. Please do. And I have no, and I just want everybody to know don't send me don't send me any hate about Jacob Lori. I know he's tall. No, we he's love handsome. everybody. Okay. Not everybody. It's but... like the Henry Cavill <laughs> thing too. It's like I it's like I get it. I get he's it. like a tall, fit white man. The and thighs. Just like, everyone's oh everyone's like jerking oh off over God. Henry Cavill's oh thighs, which are great, like, fantastic thighs. But also, you know, I think it's like I specifically, Jane. Yeah. Oh my God. Have you even seen like all those memes about like Henry Cavill's like thick ass thighs? No. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, I mean, he's a very big built man, so mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, that seems to be the moment. At least that's what I've seen. I don't know. It's like everyone's algorithm is algor- algorithm is different, and apparently my Instagram app. Apparently, we know it's on yours. Apparently, it's it's uh, Henry, Henry Cavill's thick ass juicy thighs. thighs. <laughs> I'm not looking at the right things on. Um, so Jane, what was your next like? It? Okay, Sorry. so there's a point where, um, oh, this is my next like it point. Um, and it's more of a question. Um, 
<laughs> like a point. I just had to shoe it in somewhere. But who is this like adult hairdresser friend that is helping her so much? It's so weird. It's so thing. It's so weird because like in I was watching it with Dave because I was rewatching it before the podcast, mm-hmm. and Dave said he was like, "Who like who is this? Is this like her gay best friend?" And I was like, "Well, not really." Like, because he's clearly he, an adult who person- has a job. Because he works like at the an adult who works at a salon. Yeah, he's not a high school student. It's like they could have made him like a her cousin if they wanted right. to. It, like it or like so her easy fun gay older brother. Sense. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, he could. Oh, that would have even been that would have been something. Yes, instead but the instead, relationship is never explained, and he helps her with everything. He like gives her makeover. He drives her to school. He like sets up the whole situation where where they're in the pizza shop and they're trying to make Viola as Sebastian look desirable by all the women in in, in his life. So that the boys will like the boys at Illyria Prep will take him on. Like he sets up all of this stuff, and we never he figure plays, out yeah. who the fuck he is. He plays the character of Paul, mm. and we just get this sort of quick shot once she realizes what she once she realizes that Sebastian's leaving. She can, um, you know, it, she can take on his identity, and she can play soccer at this other school. Nobody knows her. Nobody knows him. Like she goes straight to this guy, and it's like. It's so weird because it's, it's like like you like wonder if there's like a deleted scene where her mom's like, "You're not hanging out with that creep anymore. Are you the one who like tried to groom you when you were younger?" What and adult like, oh, man no. is hanging out with high school kids like, unless there's like why a are y'all familiar? I need like a familial connection or like this was like my you know I don't know I don't know what else you want that be. scene where her mom like it gets gritty for a second <laughs> and her mom's like, "Where the fuck did you get this lace from pixie from?" And she's like. <laughs> nowhere she's like you weren't around paul again were you you know you know about the restraining order he shouldn't be near you what do you mean he taught you how to bind your breasts and then just like her mom breaking down like that fucking monster is out of jail and he's wreaking havoc on my life again wow that would Um, be a very very different movie i have to admit yeah yeah that's a very different movie but no i agree with you i didn't know who he was it was unclear i also i also said to dave i was like oh he's like her her gay best friend and then i was like but i don't know that he's gay i don't know anything about yeah him. we don't know that he's all gay. i know is that he, he does just, he just it works as long so we assume that he's gay <laughs> and also it's the only way to make sense of the fact that this adult man who works at this hair salon is like fitting her with like boys clothing right. and like driving her around town and like giving her tips yeah. cuz like and also like squiring her friends about to set up these scenarios <laughs> like so where weird. she gets to sort of like look like a desirable man to like these boys that she's in school with like he's like he's like bringing her friends and giving everybody tips on how to like make like sexy tableaus for like <laughs> these boys to like watch like like to make like Sebastian seem like a sexy desirable man and it's weird it's, like, so that he's weird. in the mix like without any explanation he's sitting in one of the booths at like the pizza he's like sitting in a booth at the pizzeria like watching like, the action that okay sort of, Q, that he Q Sasha like whatever you know what I mean? it's like and the girls are like walking in one after another and it's like what are you doing? What are you talking into? Like, do you remember like that feeling when you're like, uh, uh, by the way, I already know the answer, which is yes, but our <laughs> listeners picture it. Okay. You graduated from high school mm. the year before. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you got a job, yeah. maybe you went to college away from home, whatever, but you haven't really been like around as much. Yeah. And you're like, it's, so it's, it's, 
about to be Christmas break. Mm-hmm. You're back in town mm-hmm. for the first time after having been away. Mm. And you're like, last time I checked, I was a senior at this high school and I was running shit. <laughs> it's been a little bit of time away. I'm going to borrow my mom's car. Mm. I'm going to drive up to the local high school, my former stomping ground. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to gag the girlies. <laughs> and you show up in your, what, your your puka shell necklace, mm. your 96 Toyota Corolla. Hollister, mm-hmm. the 96 Toyota Corolla. Your mom won't let her drive the good car. Mm-hmm. And you get there and you like pop into class. <laughs> and you in your mind, you know the girl is going to be gagging. You show up around like lunchtime too. <laughs> and it's like, it's not the reception you thought you were going to get. It's actually quite cringe. <laughs> and it's like they're having class. And it's like maybe they're having finals because it's like the end of the quarter. Mm. And like your choir teacher's like, oh, <coughs> like, hi. Like, she's not like disappointed to see you. She's just kind of surprised and is like, oh, oh, okay. And you're like, yeah, like, you know, I'm doing choir stuff still in college. She's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, like, we're actually preparing for, like, you know, finals. So, like, we've kind of got stuff going on, but, like, good to see you. And you're like, oh, okay. It's a different energy than I thought. And you're, like, puttering around the school looking for a place to be. Your loser ass ends up popping into, like, the office and, like, the secretary that was always having to chase you down from the parking lot when you were arriving to school late. Like, she's there and she's like, hey. It's, like, the best, the best reception you get. Oh, my God. And you're just like, let me get my lame ass out of here. Like, imagine that. Like, that's mm. the vibe. But, like, instead, you're, like, helping people in high school get, like, outfits and, like, get disguises. <laughs> so like, how weird. fucking crazy. Well, and they're just using you for your age or whatever. I will say that I have not had that experience because... Lucky girl. Because I never went back because I... Um, well, first of all, I was not home for that first Christmas back anyways, because I was, I went straight to Spain after high school. And then I, even if I was home, I would not have gone back to visit like teachers or students or anything like that, because like high school was a very different experience for me where it was like, all I was trying to do was like keep my head above water so I could graduate and get out. So it was like I don't think any of my teachers like would have remembered me fondly. Oh, there's a few that I think like I had relationships with, but like I would never like stroll in and be like cuz I was not I was not uh I was not involved in school stuff. You know what I mean? Like I was a person who was constantly trying to get out of all the trouble that I was in. So it was like I was constantly trying to be like do I have any more detention? Do I have any more this? Like have I like re- my gym credits like <laughs> i was an exhausting student for every administrator and teacher <laughs> no i i i went back and i made a couple quick stop bys and thank god for the theater i went and hung out with the seniors that the seniors who were just a year behind me mm. in the theater and they are of course were great were, were really of excited course. to see me and that was awesome yeah and, you know those are still some good friends but i do remember like expecting something a little different <laughs> than like what i got and it's like nobody cares <laughs> you want and a little like, pomp and circumstance you thought it was gonna be like hometown boy makes good like returns and it's like no we're good we got things going on and like it's so it's just so funny oh my God. um to think about so like adding in like 
a, like a little bit more help yeah. in terms of this guy and you got yourself because he's fully employed so it's like yeah he's okay you're like 20 and like maybe 21? still lives in the hometown it seems like yeah i think so too. it's unclear where we um, are in this movie by the way like there's no oh. direction i think we're the south somewhere but it's unclear where yeah oh it's oh it's very unclear <laughs> um so my next like it was this like bit is this like a thing i honestly i'm, I'm genuinely asking because mm-hmm. i don't know when she sort of like takes on this person this persona she gets to the her dorm room where she's going to be rooming with mm-hmm. duke who is the channing tatum character and she's sort of pulling some of her things out and like she's got these like tampons mm-hmm. and like she has to explain why she has them and she mm-hmm. says oh they're for nosebleeds you can stick them in your nose if you get like a nosebleed, like playing sports or something, mm-hmm. and the guys are like, Whoa, "What? Oh my god, that's so crazy!" And then later on in the movie, of course, there's a scene where Chain Tatum ends up using one of them for a nosebleed after a scuffle. Mm-hmm. But is that a thing? Do people do that? I have no idea. It's a bit. Okay. It's a bit for sure. Her just trying to explain okay. why she has tampons, but like, I don't know if athletes use tampons to absorb nose blood. But I am... or anybody. I just didn't know if that yeah. was like a life hack that I had missed out. I on. imagine it's a good idea. I truly, I like since I, it seemed like it. That's why I asked because I was like, "Oh, is this something everybody's been doing?" I didn't know about. I'm, I don't. Ha- I really don't get a lot of nosebleeds, so I don't know. But I, I feel like it's a great idea. It's innovative. Okay. Yeah. So, well, that was my uh, that was my next perplexing. I like it. Um, I have another. Yeah. One. Uh, what about you, Jay? What's your next one? I yes. Okay. So. There's she has this phone, this like check in phone call with Sebastian while he's in um London, and we hear about how great the gigs are going or whatever. And he says this one thing that <laughs> made me fucking die laughing. He's like, Oh, um, the shows are going really great, like, we're really vibing, like, it's you know, super well attended, whatever. And he's he says, they are going wild for my lyrics. And I was like, how do you know that? This is like, how would you know? Like, they're liking the whole thing, but it's like, he really specifically wants Viola to know. And it's like a plot point that Olivia finds some of his lyrics in Viola's stuff and is like attracted to like his poet, his like poetic, you know, writing or whatever. And so they like are inserting that in, but it's like, how would you know that like this crowd who's like at a show is like going wild for your lyrics? I just thought that was so funny and so like unprovable, but like definitely them trying to like shoehorn that into the script. It's like funny because it's like, even when I think about like really incredible like lyricists, Mm -hmm. like, like I can't even imagine like Joni Mitchell saying that. Like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. They and it's go, like, oh my God. <laughs> they really went wild for my, for my lyrics in Chelsea last night. <laughs> it's like, did they? It's such a strange, like, thing to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they love my songs. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that that, of course, means the lyrics as well. Yeah, the whole shebang. Um, but it was just a very, like, isolated, weird call out. There was like, there's no way that you could know that. And people, like, you're just observing the show. He didn't talk about like fans came up to him after the show and said like your lyrics mean so much to me. It was like he's just this is like the vibe of the show was good. Some of the fan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the fans told me that they really connected with my lyrics. And that meant a lot. Like it's so specific. It's like but yeah, that like, could have really... been a thing. That could have been no. Yeah. That made more sense. What I just exactly. yeah like no like if it was framed that way. <laughs> but also like if she, if he was like oh my god they went crazy for my guitar playing. <laughs> 
I'd be like, like oh, okay. I think they were just enjoying um, themselves at the show. <laughs> it, yeah, just having fun. No. Uh, so my, this is actually my last like it. Okay. I, I like that like David Cross uh, pops up in this movie mm-hmm. and he is playing the principal of Illyria, the high school that Viola is, is disguised as Sebastian attending. And like, I just love that like David Cross is always David Cross sans authority. Yeah. David Cross. <laughs> like, like it's he's so unserious yes. always. And I love that like he never generate he never like radiates any kind of energy of like being like that girl. Mm-hmm. And so it's always so it's funny when you see him in roles of power mm-hmm. because it's just like that's not the energy he ever gives <laughs> off. And it's really hilarious. He's, and he, so I'm always delighted to see him, but I love the unhinged kookery that always radiates from him. Yes. He's great in this role. It's so unhinged. It's, headmaster. It's, headmaster. That's what it it's is. The, he's the headmaster of this very elite prep school in a way where it's like this person would absolutely never be the headmaster of anything. He wouldn't be the headmaster of a school of fish. You know what I mean? Like, it's so true. <laughs> they'd all die. And they'd all fucking die. And it's a miracle that all the students that he's in charge of are alive. Um, but he's just the most like random casting but it also makes sense because it's like you need a person who you could do believe you could believe could be very easily duped by amanda Bynes in a in a short wig and you found him uh so that was my last like yeah i did enjoy that that's so good um okay my last like it is i like how wild and insane viola's accent and her voice are when she's playing sebastian and and when i say i like it i mean i hate it and i'm completely perplexed by it and i don't know what the fuck it is it's like weirdly southern but like i I, it's like it's like there's also some weird like urban element in quotations that i feel like is happening and i I don't know why that's the voice that she's doing. I don't know why it was encouraged. I don't know why any of it is happening. And it's, it's, it's why it's just out of control. And I hate it. I truly hate it. So I watched this movie before on my own mm-hmm. and I like, I noted it and I was like, huh. And I made and it, and it's in my notes as well. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again today, and Dave was here today. And even when I was noting it the first time I watched it, I was like, maybe this is just me. Like, I don't know what's going on. This was weird to me, but maybe no. I'm just being crazy. <laughs> and then Dave was, like, watching it while, like, washing dishes. And he was like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you hear it too. And he was like, yes. He's like, it's really weird. And I was like, it's like this black scent that she's putting yes, on. Yes, essentially. And it's so uncomfortable. And I don't know. And I think she's trying to give, like, urban masculine but it is really fucking weird and like it's sometimes that but then it's sometimes it's like southern but like she'll do this thing with her voice where all of a sudden she starts and it's like giving anthony (laughs) michael hall and that drunk scene in weird science oh god that's so horrible what are you doing and like and then there are times where i said to him at one point it sounded like an adam sandler character to me at one point (laughs) and like he was like no no it's something else yeah Um, i'm glad it's got a little bit it's got a little bit of twang on it that's doing something different than adam i'm glad you guys both noticed that too because i i don't know if i picked it up like when i first saw this movie back in 2006 but it is definitely a weird 
a weird vibe and there it is giving black scent in a way that feels and i don't know why so i just strange. don't know why it was necessary for this character and like it feels like something she just started doing and like somebody was like haha and so they were like let's just let's let's keep it in and yeah. nobody reined it in but it is like it's fucking strange it and it's strange. like an odd place to go to and she does it when she wants to sort of like double down on her masculinity mm-hmm. and like sort of like remind like her remind other characters within the movie that like she is like she is in a very specific kind of like male drag right male presenting drag and like it's how she sort of like reinstantiates herself within this world of like but it's so weird because she's not in that specific kind of drag you know what i mean like she is no 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 i mean just like she's not in that kind but she's in the kind of like that like I and I know it's a thing. Although hip hop isn't really even a thing ever in this movie, no. it's not like these boys are listening to hip hop music or something. No. Although I know that like obviously hip hop is like a huge thing, and like a lot of times that these are like in places like this, this is where you'll find like some of the most rabid consumers of hip hop. Yeah, like that's true. young teen boys attending like who come from money attending like these elite schools, like listening to it in the privacy of their dorm rooms, like it's it's the opposite of their lives. Right. And like I, I like I get all of that, but it's like. That's not what's happening here. It's just, like, she's on her own on this, like, journey. And, like, Channing Tatum does sometimes has this thing with his voice a little bit. But it's not like this, though. It's not like that. But I I know what you're talking about. And it's this weird, like, intersection between, like, being from the South, too. Which I feel like, isn't Channing Tatum Tatum from the South as well? That seems like that's a part of it. This is, like, a mixture of like that and i'm not trying to walk back anybody's you know choice or anything like no that. you are you no, are no, no. that's what you're doing I'm no tr- he's from alabama okay because like i'm not and i think that's what it is it's like a it's like a little bit of like a southern twang which can sometimes feel like it's got like but a lilt of like it starts there but then the certain like word choices and sort of the yeah. way that you talk brings it yeah. you know takes a left turn into you know white people doing a black scent but it feels organic like when Channing Tatum does you're right it feels like it feels like more southern than Mm -hmm. it does like he's putting on something and she also she like jumps into it right she like leaps into it from like sounding like a sort of like a deeper voiced version of herself yes to this kind of thing and it's just odd anytime her like masculinity as Sebastian is questioned she yes. jumps into this voice and it's, it's like her it's like her grounding point to sort of like reorient the world with her as like yes this male this 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 male and i, I it, it was really strong in the scene when uh monique sebastian's girlfriend is chasing her around the pizzeria and she's i forget the line that she says but she says she says something like i don't want to be with you anymore you are ugly oh my and it's god like, oh, it's why are you talking like it, that and it's like that it yeah it, it, it's bad it is like that like and she's doing shit with like her hands and her neck as well it's just it's odd and it's unnecessary and uh it's just strange yeah it's really uncomfortable so that is my last like it um, point but I, I i look it's actually a low that point but i want to talk about it earlier in the episode so i put it in my like it's <laughs> oh no you're fine my first love it point is that actually tying into what we were just talking about my first love it point is I love that, like, that scene. So we've got, like, we've got 
in this scene, right before everything sort of like hits the fan, as I told we as we discussed before, Paul has sort of like set up this world so that like you know these characters are like popping like Kia and Yvonne. They're like the names of like her two best friends, I believe, mm-hmm. in the movie. And they come in and they're putting on the charade for like the boys, Channing Tatum and uh, his friends that she's hanging out with to try and like show that she's like hyper masculine and like you know uh, Lothario mm-hmm. who's got like all these girlies that want some of it. And like right after that, Monique comes in and Monique sort of disrupts like this like this like play that they were putting on of like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Monique starts chasing Viola as Sebastian around. And then Sebastian sort of ends it by just being like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Monique runs off in embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the guys start, like, chanting and, like, hooting and hollering. So it's like, it's like, what are y'all, like, clapping about? Are you, like, clapping about the fact that he just, like, ripped apart his girlfriend? And, like, Sebastian's whole goal is, like, "I, I can't, you will out me. If you see me and you get too close to me, you will know that I am not who I'm claiming to be. And also, I mean, Monique also knows Viola. It's her boyfriend's right. sister. Mm-hmm. So her whole thing is like, oh, my God. So she just says really mean things to sort of, like, freak out Monique and make her leave before she can get too close to her and, like, see that she's actually who she is. Mm-hmm. But it's like all of these guys don't know. I mean, they all are just, like, celebrating it. And they yeah, start hooting and hollering so as weird. Monique runs out crying. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the strangest scene. It's like, what are we celebrating here? I don't know. Like, the fact that, like, he just, like, made her feel like shit. And there's a moment right before the scene starts where Monique is walking by the table. And one of the guys uh, makes, like, like an overture towards her. Mm-hmm. And she says, you think a girl with an ass like mine is ever going to date a guy like you? I'm here looking for my boyfriend. And I feel like this is supposed to be sort of the button end of that. Mm. Almost like, like, ooh, this girl who came in here earlier and, like, turned down the advances of this guy ends up getting embarrassed. Yeah. And, like, yeah. So they're all happy because, like, the girl who rebuffed their advances ended up being, like, made to feel small and diminished by, like, this guy. It's just, like, it's really weird. It's a weird, like, cycle of, like, toxic sort of like machismo masculinity and like fragile like, masculinity that the person oh, for sure. the person who rebuffed me who i thought was hot now is in pain and that makes me feel bigger and better and it's like okay fucking gross like it's just like a it's just a weird scene and so i was like okay and it top it all off obviously like you know the um whatever the hooked on phonics moment was that <laughs> Um, that she got to learn whatever she just learned. So it's all happening in this one scene. So it is just like a stew of just like What do you mean nonsense. hooked on phonics? What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't understand what you were referencing, but... I was going to make a joke, and then I th- I was going to say hooked on Ebonics to make a joke on oh, hooked on phonics, but then... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, it's, okay, yeah, okay. it's yeah. M- <laughs> implying that that's how she learned the, the accent to prepare. I see, like I see, I see. Who I see. also, by the way, doesn't... That's the other thing to note, is that her brother doesn't talk like this at all. No! So her, like, it, it's not like she. It's not like her brother is some dude who's like in a hip-hop band in the UK. No! And she's trying to sort of like take on this persona he's just like he's a white like boy from the suburbs doing like cold play covers i'm sure <laughs> like <laughs> oh, I, oh i'm sure oh over there the oh those are the lyrics that they're that they're eating up they're over there gagging. he's performing yellow <laughs> and they're just like oh my god i do love that i love that like 
I love the idea of him performing Coldplay covers that apparently haven't reached <laughs> over the pond yet. And Even like though Coldplay is like, a oh, British band. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like the idea of it. I think that's really funny. This American just going over and like stealing their songs. He's just performing like B-sides by the Beatles. Yeah. And his kids are like, oh my God. What oh my fucking God. I lyricist. will. You wrote that? Wow. Um, so what's your next letter? Okay. <laughs> Well, this is actually my first love it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I would love to give some, to give Viola some advice when she's playing Sebastian. Um, mm. Number one is, like, why are you coming in so hot? She's drawing so much attention to herself. Like, she needs to hang back and be mysterious. Instead, she enters every conversation in school. She's like, what up, yo, blah, blah, blah. All, like, so loud, trying to, like, I don't know what she's trying to trying to connect to her bros, I guess. And she couldn't, she, she couldn't be more conspicuous when she needs to be inconspicuous. And I just need her to like, let other people talk, be quiet, be mysterious, like maybe be friendly with your roommate, but like, don't do too much. And she's just the loudest person in every room she enters. You want to be the quiet, the quiet brooding type. Yeah. She's got like a notebook and writes in all the time. Mm. No, 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 no. Yeah. This this girl graduated from the the Nickelodeon School of Performance <laughs> alongside Kenan Thompson, <laughs> Kale Mitchell, baby. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you are not. And what? Oh God, I can't remember what's her name. Who? Oh my God, my favorite one. Oh God, vital information. Oh um. Uh, Lorianne something, right? Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Uh, what is going on? I'm sorry, I have to look it up. Yeah, fine. I because I, I feel like I'm we're gonna give her her flowers today. Yeah. Lori Beth Denberg. Lori Beth Denberg. I well, I don't know where Lori came from. I loved her. Yeah, she was always my favorite. She was so she was funny. So funny. She was great. Um. But these are the kids who graduated from that school, and it's bigger <laughs> is better. I and you see, it's better for the tension of the movie. But I just think, like in real life, like why would you do this? Why would you come in so hot? No, There's so many just silly scenes. The scene when she first goes into the to the, like the dorm room that she's been assigned to, mm -hmm. you know, and she goes in and like she's just got a pair of keys in her hand, <laughs> and like she just like she does this like weird like key toss back and forth between her hands and she's doing all this googly eyed shit and she's like just breathe she's like trying um, to appear relaxed while looking like the least relaxed person on the so planet silly. it's actually really funny I mean this is the kind um, of thing we love Amanda Bynes for is like her physical comedy absolutely. like she was so so talented in that sense and I mean I, I hate to say was but I don't think she I mean I know she's she's not really acting anymore. Yeah. No, I know she's got a podcast going on, and probably, you know, I worry about her because she clearly suffers from some mental health stuff going on, and I'm like, which yeah, she's talked about too. Yeah, yeah. totally. It was a really good interview. Um, was it Paper Magazine? It was a couple of years ago. I, the, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was a really good interview, and it seemed like maybe. I don't. I really haven't heard anything about her. I remember that made me feel hopeful for her. Um, but I, I hope she's doing well. Well, I mean, she, I've seen you know, some. She was one of the. She's starting a podcast now, and I've seen some weird videos that she's posted of herself. I mean, maybe she's okay. Maybe she's just, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I just, I worry about her. Like I just, you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate, and I hope that I hope that she's okay. I really do. 
Because yeah, no, me too. The way but... she was treated when she was first going through all of this stuff publicly was really, really horrible. And, you know, she was very much in a, a moment of distress. And I think that people, mm-hmm. as we have learned, or I don't know, I feel like we continue to learn this lesson and then, you know... <laughs> still do the wrong thing as a society but like people who are acting out in ways that we don't understand publicly are usually not in like a good place and you know hopefully we can treat people with respect going through something like that moving forward as opposed to making fun of them all over the fucking internet and television and stuff like that but anyways I digress I just you know just want the best for our girl no, absolutely. And, you know, she was one of the reigning, like, you know, teen queens. So mm-hmm. she's a huge part of our childhood. Yeah. Early adulthood. So, yeah, we just, you know, we, we always want that. And ultimately, like, this is, I know we've been for picking the movie apart. Yeah. But, like, it is a celebration of Amanda and, like, the film. Totally. Um, while just pointing out some of, like, the really funny things. <laughs> My next note, actually, which we've already discussed it, but what I wrote down was I I hate this Justin Timberlake black scent that Vi is doing Ugh. as Sebastian. That was the actual note that I wrote. I actually um, love that you refer to it as a Justin Timberlake black scent because that that's what it is i think like and we don't we don't call that out enough you know what i mean oh shit um <laughs> we've all heard we've all heard michelle Academy williams nominee, michelle williams <laughs> as britney spears uh, reading uh pieces of britney's autobiography <laughs> and doing uh and doing an impersonation of justin timberlake <laughs> um britney recounts an incident like on the street where like justin timberlake i forget who the rapper was it was it was genuine it was genuine genuine yikes uh and we like yeah it's just it's a really funny little clip there's it was circulating online when the book first came out um but the next the next thing that i that i put down was just like i just think it's like really funny that I think it's really funny that the real Sebastian just, like, dips out for two weeks and, like, doesn't tell his girlfriend, who's, like, I guess technically his ex-girlfriend? By all accounts and purposes... uh, What? By all accounts, she is an insufferable human being. For sure. For sure. It doesn't mean she she deserves to be treated poorly and have her boyfriend run away. But, you know... He does that. <laughs> that is a wild choice. I mean, that's the ghosting of a lifetime. And, and like, so, yeah. So, that was, like, kind of, like, a note that was, like, a half-baked one. I just wanted to throw that in the conversation. Yeah. We kind of already talked about it. The other thing that I had, which is a completely different journey to go on really quickly. Mm-hmm. There's a scene when Amanda Bynes' character is, she's, as Sebastian, playing soccer. And they're doing, like, drills or mm-hmm. some sort of, like, soccer practice. And she gets kicked in the crotch. <laughs> and then she, like, fa- she all after she gets hit, she's unfazed by it. And then she, like, decides in the moment, like, oh, like, if I had, like, a penis, then, like, that would have been more painful. I'm assuming well, from just, like, general knowledge that I, well, around, people like, are people are looking penises. at her expecting a reaction. And so she gives this, like, over-the-top reaction. My question was... 
Wouldn't that hurt you too? No. To get like a soccer ball? Like no, not no, not not like that. No, the way because it's like the thing is is that like when a so- I mean depending on how hard it is like it would hurt. You know what I mean? Just okay. in general, like it's smacking against your skin. But if you get a soccer ball to the vagina from that angle, like it's really not hitting you in any it's it's not like it would need to be like more targeted and like a soft round ball is not i mean this coming from me obviously the sports star of the podcast the person the the biggest athlete to well i've never seen anybody run away from responsibilities like you so (laughs) i guess in some ways they can I mean, that. unless I'm wrong and there's an athlete with a vagina who has taken a soccer ball pretty hard to the vagina, like, let me know. But I imagine, like, it's, it's, it's not, like, like pointed enough, <laughs> you know what I mean? Got it. To, like, okay. actually it. It really is very, hurt. It is very sensitive down there, and, like, I don't fully understand it either. But and, like, I will say... the things that will have you killed over... Really oh, with balls, you mean? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I will say like vaginas are sensitive in a particular way, but like also, I mean, you know, I hate I hate to say it, but it's like they can handle a lot. They can take a pounding. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So as, as we got. Long as it, look, can we edit that out? I don't want anybody from my family to i know what you mean no i genuinely that. and i genuinely wasn't trying to be cheeky i really was <laughs> curious I'm because i was like be i feel like too. you would feel something i'm honestly trying to answer that question because i do think that's a, yeah like, it's a, you did yeah, no okay, thank you okay <laughs> no you answered it i know i i just that was something that i was like i have to agitate about this um and obviously like i'm speaking for my genitals jane's speaking for her genitals yeah your genitals curious if anybody out there has experiences there may be people out there with penises who are like or balls who are like no my nutsack is solid yeah i I like to get kicked absolutely and there could be people out there with very sensitive vaginas who can't take a hit from a soccer ball and i just don't feel that that's my experience but you know again it's been a long time since i've been around a soccer ball so yeah, I remember as a kid, there was this thing boys were always doing. God, straight boys always doing the gayest shit. Where like a lot of like ball ball flicking used to be like this thing. Oh, where you yeah. would like flick your friend in the balls That's or like so slap rude. it. Like, it was awful. It was awful. Ugh. It was so painful. And like sometimes it would like, like I remember one time a friend got like smacked really hard in the balls and he threw up. <gasps> like it like it is it is very painful sometimes. Oh my god. And it's a very sensitive area. And sometimes like something will tap it or something and you're like, I can't believe I'm killed over right now from that. Yeah. And I'm actually never, always yeah. interested about what actually hurts balls and what doesn't hurt balls because it does seem like there's like a specific way you have to hit them in order to like get to be killed over and sometimes they can take a little bit more than I would think that they would be able to. It's de- and it's definitely it's all balls. Mm-hmm. It's not the like it's not actually in my experiences the penis like it's that sh- that could but like so you could smush your from you could testicles. smush your penis into a scanner and be fine it's as soon as the the balls <laughs> i don't know i'm just thinking like something to push down and smush your penis a scanner though. i was thinking like w- w- like uh, well actually the first thing that 
popped into mind is like the machine that gives you a mammogram that pushes your breast oh. breast down. And I was like, okay, well, men wouldn't know what that's like. like a... So, or people with penises might not know what that's like. So, it's like, like a dickogram. Like yeah, a dickogram like if you put you smash that dick in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't know. Tr- I should find out. Trigger- I'll talk to my doctor. Yeah, that. why don't you put your penis uh, into a scanner and see how far you can push it? Let push us know. Good. It's um... What's your next love, Jane? Speaking of dick smashing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I love how viola as sebastian she has a few moments where she calls out the boys um for you know misogynistic things treating women like objects talking about women in a way that just you know is pretty fucking gross and like it was 2006 i think like it wasn't necessarily expected that that would be part of the conversation but she does bring it up on she calls out you know some of the dudes for saying shit and i appreciate that no, I liked it. I think she did a good job of sort of like sprinkling it into the movie, mm-hmm. towing the line throughout, mm-hmm. while sort of like maintaining her persona. And she fell a lot on like the fact that like she grew up with a twin sister. Yeah, totally. Like, and so that became like a part of why she knew what she knew and mm-hmm. why she was able to sort of. And I think her her positioning as like an outsider also gave her like an opportunity to present new thoughts and new ideas in a way that like this established group of friends that probably wouldn't have been the kind of knowledge that would have been cultivated within it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think she ends up using it for good and helping them in a lot of ways get over their like weird anxieties about certain things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it is. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It is nice, but Um, it's also like, it's annoying to think about like this she's obviously playing a dude and a dude's proximity proximity to a woman is the only thing that makes him like aware of that shit where it's like we need to do better where it's like you know just because the character of sebastian is you know he knows all this stuff and he knows that women are people because he has a sister like come on mm-hmm. you ever- oh yeah that that line that line look i'm a father look i'm a father look, of daughters i have a sister i have a mother okay look i'm the son of a mom mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i had a grandma <laughs> so when i hear stuff like that i'm of course gonna probably not say anything but i'm gonna know it's wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when the boys get together though mm. when that energy when that testosterone is coursing through mm. a group yeah i laughed Sure. Yeah, I a couple of yeah, I egged people on and said, "What else you got?" You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one who started it, and I called all women teases and whores, and I said that they get what's coming to mm-hmm. them, and I talked about how they shouldn't have the rights to uh, abortions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was me yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cheated on my wife <laughs> with some whore. Yeah, yeah, I punched my sister in the face. <laughs> At the last Christmas party, because I was wasted. But I... And she reminded me so much of my mom. <laughs> Our mom, I guess it would be. Our mom. But I would never punch her. <laughs> I would never punch my mom. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So yeah, my sister my sister Lori took a couple nucks <laughs> to the cheek. But I'm a feminist, dude. That was my sister. I love her. I respect the fuck out of her. Yeah. If I didn't respect her, I wouldn't have punched her like I'd punch a man. <laughs> okay. Um. So... <laughs> 
that trip down mm-hmm. not so ridiculous and probably things that were said at some point today mm-hmm. uh lane um we're <laughs> we continue on uh with uh love it so i only have one more mm-hmm. my last love it is that like the big denouement of the scene is that the big denouement of the scene is that of the movie is this moment when like everything sort of is out in the open mm. at the big soccer game at the end of the film between obviously the the team from the school that Viola's ex-boyfriend and the school that she attended at the beginning of the movie before switching over to this one mm-hmm. it's a big soccer game so it's her facing off against the boys who wouldn't let her be on their team uh but everything sort of comes to a head here and we are it's sort of revealed that who the actual Sebastian is and the fact that Viola has been masquerading mm. as her brother. And like, it's a really comp, not okay. Complicated is giving it a lot. This isn't a Christopher Nolan film, <laughs> but there's a lot of quick moving parts. Yes. And basically what we find, basically her character is outed. And ultimately, I don't want to go into all the points. It's too much, you don't have to. but ultimately what you discover is that, the actual Sebastian ends up on the field in uniform Mm -hmm. because everybody's just the real Sebastian comes back unexpectedly and everybody is just pretending like they are literal carbon copies of each other so So they're just so they can just be switched out so when people see the real Sebastian they instantly grab him and they throw him into the soccer uniform he has no idea that his sister has been pretending to be him this whole time Mm -mm. so he's like what I'm not on the soccer team okay he just throws on the uniform he ends up on the field zero questions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he has zero questions. And and these people, including Duke, who has been Viola as Sebastian's roommate mm-hmm. this entire time, slept next to this person for weeks now, literally looks at this completely different man <laughs> and is like, yeah, that's the dude. That's my roommate. Also, that's my bro. Like, also, they've... Also, like, they've been playing sports. Like, they've been playing on the team together. They've been doing drills together. They've been working out together. Like, all of those things give you, like, an understanding of a person's body. Mm -hmm. Like, their height in comparison to yours. Like, doing drills with a person with smaller legs and a smaller frame is completely different. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so funny. It's so And, like, Sebastian just slips in and literally everybody is like, business as usual, bro. It's like, what? Y'all are wild. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much the same as my last like it point or love it point, which is just the fact that like we when Sebastian, the real Sebastian arrives back at school, he like shares a kiss with Olivia, who has been crushing on Viola as Sebastian the whole time. And she like goes up to him and kisses him and like completely like is completely completely thinks that it's the real Sebastian and has no idea that this is an entirely different person. And it's like, all of these things could not happen. It just, it's, it couldn't. Well, it's also like, cause every scene, you know, we see of Olivia, like pining after him, watching him work out, right? like watching him eat food. <laughs> She's constantly staring at him from a distance, talking about how like moody and sexy he is. And it's like, apparently he could be anybody. He could be because it doesn't matter anybody. what he looks like. <laughs> Because you rolled up on this dude who looks completely different and you were like, you've got the right hair. (laughs) And you went for it and didn't question a thing. Mm -mm. So you don't know what you want. And it's hilarious and amazing. And it made me laugh a lot. And And the... Like, also, like, you... uh, uh, 
when you get to know somebody, like you have touched them, you are like sitting in close proximity, you probably know what Viola as Sebastian's face feels like, which I'm sure feels different. Or voice sounds and like. Voice sounds like feels different from Sebastian, the real Sebastian's face or hands or like any of it. It's like this is so impossible. <laughs> it's so silly, and it's it's all topped off by the fact that it's all topped off by the fact that. Monique has been basically trying to get her hands on, I mean, her boyfriend, Sebastian, who's been sort of, like, unavailable to her. And she's used the help of Malcolm. Malcolm is this character who sort of exists to be in love with Monique. Mm -hmm. He wants he, I'm sorry, to be in love with Olivia. Mm -hmm. And once he sort of sees that Olivia has designs on Sebastian, his whole thing is, like, who's this new person who's just shown up and, like, taken my, you know, this girl who I really wanted to be with this entire time. He's taken all of her interests. I don't know. I'm suspicious, and I'm wary of who this person is. Mm -hmm. So he gets into cahoots with Monique, and then they are sort of, like, they go to Headmaster Cross, David Cross, <laughs> and they're like, we are here to tell you that, like, the person who you think is Sebastian is not. It is a girl. It is a sister. We're going to prove it. But obviously, Sebastian is the, it's the real Sebastian who's now taken on that role. He's on the field. They come out to confront him, thinking they're going to be confronting Viola as Sebastian, but it's a real Sebastian. And the way that they decide that he has to prove himself is by pulling his shorts down in the middle of this soccer game with a stadium full of onlookers. And it is just brushed over. <laughs> it's like everybody just saw a miner's dick. Like, like, you should all be in prison for what you just saw. It is wild. And everybody's just like, ooh. <laughs> Well, like there's a lot of shots of people and like the, like the audience just like me like you. Well, this it's actually like, you jelly. The, you jelly. <laughs> use you use use sex offender registry e. Like yeah, you perpy. Yeah, you perpy. Like, it's it, and we just get, we glaze over it and like the and even like the, there's a shot of the dad and the dad's like that's my boy. Like, like no, like no. Are you horrified no. that your child is dropping trow in front of a huge it's like everybody's stadium? Everybody's okay with it because it's presumably a large endowment. So like everybody's like, oh cool. Yeah. Oh oh nice. What? <laughs> well, this Pull your pants up. This leads into one of my loathe points. If you're okay with uh, that, me. was my last oh, point. Okay. So, and I think we have the same loathe point, and I'm excited to talk about it. So. Okay. I have a couple. I have three. Yeah, no, I have a couple. Okay, three. okay. This leads into my lower point, which is David Cross as the headmaster going down to the field with a fucking megaphone to expose <laughs> Sebastian is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. If this really was happening in school, the headmaster would want to bury this so fucking deep. He wouldn't want an audience and a fucking spectator, like a stadium of spectators to witness what is essentially his incompetence of not being able to figure out who's actually attending his school. And it's, it's been Amanda Bynes and a mop. <laughs> Vines with a mop on top of her head running around pretending to be her brother and it does not bode well for headmaster cross and instead of being like let's call a secret meeting and try to figure out how we can make this go away and fix the scenario he marches down into the soccer field with a fucking megaphone and is like let's tell every single person within earshot 
wild. He's got the thing. megaphone. He's got the <laughs> megaphone. He's got Monique and Malcolm who've like who've gotten him on board. Yeah. And he's like literally using them. And like you would think it would even be like, hey, excuse me, I'm gonna where are the parents? I'm gonna pull them aside really quick. So here's what we think is going on. And I just wanna Is that your daughter? <laughs> Is is, is that, that your daughter is that your son? wearing? Is that your daughter wearing a Pete Wentz emo side suit bang wig <laughs> on the soccer field right now? Just yes or no? Just yes, <laughs> yes or, or no. no? Or is no, that your son? Nobody has to show their genitals. All we need to know is for a parent's eye to take a look and say that is either my daughter or my son. <laughs> And he literally, when they get to the field, also the real Sebastian, he's like, I'm I'm a boy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And then they like they yell out, like, prove it. Yeah. And it's like nothing good has ever come from no. that. No, and then we all like, get then we all get on the sex offender registry. <laughs> oh my God. So that's amazing. Yeah. That was really insane, Jane. Yeah. And I love the extra context. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the point that I want to bring up. Okay. I, Let's I, hear yours. Okay. The point that I want to bring up. I'm so excited. So <laughs> we so there's a moment in the middle of the movie mm. where we take a little bit the whole thing that we know, one thing that we do know about the relationship between Daphne, who is Viola and uh Sebastian's mother, uh played by Julie Haggerty. Mm-hmm. Uh Really, really great, wonderful comedic actress, completely underutilized as a one-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. But her whole thing is, like, making her daughter who plays soccer, like, more feminine. Mm-hmm. And so, we that's so... it and, and there's points where Viola is sort of, like, in and out of this drag. And she's trying to please her mother. She's trying to, up you know, keep this illusion of her being Sebastian all up in the air at the same time. And there are points where, like, they collide. They don't collide anywhere quite to the degree that they do at this, like, carnival that's happening. Mm. Where, like, they're, like, the social, like, women's social organization is sort of putting on this carnival. Her mom, Daphne, is very involved in this organization. And basically, at the beginning of the movie, when she's sort of trying to get get to this school... She basically appeases her mother by saying, "I'll do this carnival thing. I'll be the. I'll do all of these girly." She's going to be a, a debutante. She's going to debut. She's going to be a debutante, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'll do these things for you, if you let me stay at dad's." Quote, staying at dad's when she's really going to be going to this boarding school as mm-hmm. her brother. Um, her mom gives in because she's so desperate to have her daughter be a part of this sort of debutante world. Mm-hmm. So, but she still has to make appearances throughout the movie as the as the the girl version as of Viola, herself. yeah. As Viola. And so at this carnival, there's a scene where she gets to the carnival. She has to go back and forth between boy and girl drag. Mm-hmm. She's, it's she's her, a girl. It's she's her dressed Mrs. Doubtfire moment. It's her Mrs. Doubtfire moment. Shake it off like a dog. Um, <laughs> must have been a drive-by footing. Um, so, I saw, by the way, I saw like a clip for like, there's a Mrs. Doubtfire musical coming out. What? And it just looked like this dude was just doing like Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. Of course. And I was like, what? You can't play. What, what else do you do? Who else can play Mrs. Doubtfire? I'm sorry. An insane it's idea. Just, unhinged. Oh, God, dear. We're just out of ideas. Uh, I guess. Truly. So, so she... She gets there. Her mom's like, oh, my God. There's, you know, you have to do different assignments. There's different, like, things going on. There's a, there's tilt-a-whirls and merry-go-rounds and lollipop stands. 
And there's kissing booths. Yeah, okay. This, okay? Is, this is one of my points, too. So, <laughs> so her mom's like, oh, my God, like, you just got here. You have, like, a you 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 have a job. Like, you're supposed to be at the kissing booth. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's so fucking weird. But, like, the reality of it is so much weirder than just, like, so hearing kissing booth. Because it's not 1950-fucking-two. Yep. And it shouldn't have been happening then, either. Mm-mm. So she goes over to this booth. We have... Duke is in line for the kissing booth. Duke, as we know, is in love with Olivia. He doesn't even know that Viola exists. Mm-hmm. He's in love with Olivia, and he has been. Olivia, as we know, is in love with Viola as Sebastian. Mm-hmm. But Duke has like been looking for his moment to get his in with Olivia, and this kissing booth, mm-hmm. you know, is the opportunity. Olivia's working the kissing booth. She is the meaning. She is the person that this line of like gross men Disgusting. are like going to get a chance to kiss because they all have to, they you know you have been enough tickets you get to kiss whoever the person is working the kissing booth. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I knew this was a thing. I know kissing mm-hmm. booths are a thing. This is by far like this is not it, by any stretch of the imagination my first time. But for some reason it was so wild and appalling to yeah. me watching it that I was like, why is it? Like, I knew this was a thing, but seeing it play out in this movie was so oh, disgusting. And so Olivia's at the kissing booth. She's doing her her job at this kissing booth. This guy is like kissing her. She's really repulsed by him. They're kissing for like longer than she clearly feels comfortable with. She's like pulling away. So she gets through that. That's the moment Viola, who is now supposed to switch in for her stents, she comes up. Olivia's relieved because she's like, oh my God, now I don't have to do this anymore. They have a quick exchange. These two girls who don't know each other in theory, although obviously... You know, mm-hmm. and she says, Olivia says to her, oh, my God, and look out for that guy over there. He's been in he's been through the line three times. Ugh. She points at like this, like 70 year old man. It's disgusting. And what's supposed to be a comedic moment makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, so <laughs> you've been in line three times and you put your mouth on the oh. mouth of a minor. Yeah. Three, three times. times at this kissing booth? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is in fucking saying. Who would ever let their 16 or their 17 year old daughter Mm-mm. work a kissing booth? And you look at the line, it's a bunch of grown fucking men <laughs> in line with tickets to kiss a child. Like, call the police. Call. What's going call on? Call a detective. What the fuck is happening? It's horrible. This is one of my little points as well. And it's the idea. It was the, so, it was so gross. The idea of a and kissing like, booth existing. The idea that you can, as a minor, work a kissing booth and have a bunch of adults line up to kiss you is disgusting. Talk so about nasty. a registry. Y'all need to be on it. Talk about a way to... Uh, in 2024, the idea of a kissing booth is insane for that reason, and also the reason that, like, you are just opening yourself up to every kind of disease available. It's in. It is. Insane. It's un. I've never seen one in real life, but I've, I've heard never seen them. One either. But as you'll know, and to throw back to our earlier conversation, that Jacob Alordi starred in three movies called The Kissing Booth One, The Kissing Booth Two, and The Kissing Booth Three. All Netflix originals, his co-star was Joey King at the time. Wait, that's so interesting. Kissing Booth 3, that's what they went with for the third one? <laughs> I, th- hmm. I think there are three. There might only be two, but I think there are three. But either way... I just mean that title. That's just inventive. That's is all. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just remember thinking... I, I, I've never seen one in action in real life. 
Have you seen one of them? I haven't either. Yeah. And I would be I'd be shocked and appalled if I did, but <laughs> I am too. from the south, so I'm I'm sure they I'm sure they were strewn about and I just missed it. I'm but sure. It's it's quite it's quite unfortunate to think about having to be on the receiving end. Because it's not and sexy. It's, and it's always don't think it's sexy. And it's always girls and women, I'm sure. I'm sure it's oh, never for sure. men. And it's just like, uh, and then what are you doing? You're like just living with yourself, knowing you kissed a kid earlier that day, <laughs> and going home and making dinner. What? No. It is. Di- and so that Ugh. is oh. gross. And also the Channing Tatum character, he's in line. He's the next up when they switch off mm-hmm. in the rotation. So now he's faced with Olivia, who is of course his roommate, just without a wig on. Yeah. But like he doesn't know that. So he's meeting a. He's. I'm sorry. He's meeting Viola for the first time. He really wants to kiss Olivia, and he's talking to Viola about the fact that he's bummed about having to kiss her. She's kind of offended at first. He's like, no, it's not you. It's just that I've kind of had a crush on that girl. But as he's talking, this little boy in line, who's maybe like 10, <laughs> he's, he chimes in as he's explaining this. And he says, you don't have to flirt with her first. Okay. Genius. You're paying for it. It's so mild. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, I hate, I hate that this child is just like, She's a predator yours for the a, next five seconds. A future predator. I mean, because of, Yeah, he came with the old guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my god. He's like me and Grampy. <laughs> we're getting thirds right now. We're, like You're the only thing between me and those pretty pink lips. Oh god. It's gross. It's so awful. And I was shocked by it yeah. every single time. And I was shocked by like no there was no like resistance it was just like oh you're working the kissing booth and she just runs over to the kissing booth like oh this is the thing the things that... yeah let me go sit here and get and kiss all these disgusting men for the next like hour the things that we used to be okay with as a society are wild and like and not that was... fucking long ago this is 2006 and i don't think like we were questioning no. it in 2006 do you think there's they can't still be doing it? I right? mean, maybe in listeners. Some if weird... any of our listeners out there know about kissing booths that are still operating, let us. I'm just know. curious. I want to just let us. I do want to know. DM us about it because I am like actually very curious. Does that happen still? And can yeah. it not? <laughs> it's really, it's really weird. Also, okay, we're gonna jump back in this real quick. I do want to tell you this real quick because I don't think I'll ever remember to tell you. Okay. So I'm. I'll be quick. <laughs> so. As you know, I only watch television shows from the 70s mm-hmm. and the 60s and the 80s. Okay. We all know that. So I'm watching The Love Boat currently, oh right? Oh, my God. So it's great. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> so I so there was an episode last night. Mm. The Love Boat always features three storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, they sometimes interweave, but, like, not really. The crew's the same, but the guest actors are typically, sure. like, just famous actors of the day. Yes. So, so anyway. Similar to, like, a, a Matlock situation. Yeah, or sorry, yeah, or sorry, kind of, Columbo. Yeah. Columbo is the one that you're... kind of yeah, okay. but there's like multiple of them because there's right. multiple storylines. Right, right. So like this storyline, this guy is on the boat. He meets this girl. They sort of hit it off. She says to him, you know, he's like, "What are you doing on the boat?" She's like, "I'm actually, I was adopted. Like, I'm here to like meet my mom, who like put me up for adoption when I was younger." I'm the fucking love. And he's books. like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> But, the, but like, the mom doesn't know that she's going to be here. I think she sort of got the information from someone. She found out she was going to be on the cruise, so she's going to meet her here mm-hmm. without the mom knowing. So him and her end up hitting it off. They're having this whirlwind romance on the boat. And, of course, one night they're at dinner. And who shows up but his mom. And his mom shows up, and they start talking. And the girl realizes that this is her birth mother. Stop. So she's dating her brother. And so she like runs away from the table. No. And then the mom doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, I don't know what happened. She's on the boat. I just met her. She's here to meet her birth mother. The mom gets this kind of look in her eyes. She's like, where was she born? Oh, no. You know, he's like, oh, she was born, you know, in Kansas City, Missouri. 
and the mom's eyes well up with tears and she's like oh my god oh my god and so they find out that this is her birth mother so they end up having this and that's her brother yes so the three did they do anything sexual yeah okay hold on so okay, the three of them end up having it. this like this moment where like the mom and the daughter talk. The mom apologizes, explains that her mm-hmm. parents made her give her up for adoption. All this, they're hugging, and then the daughter looks up at the guy, and it's like the first time anything's hit them about that part of it, which is like that's the first that's thing the I'd be thinking about. Thing. And she goes, "But what am I supposed to do? I'm in love with you now." Nope. And he's like, "I love you too." And then he goes, "Oh." But it's okay. She's not my birth mother. She married my father when I was three years old. And then they go, oh. And then they, they start making out. And, and no. Dave and I were like, okay. So, like, hold on. Like, I will give you that, like, now you are not in violation of, like, the laws of nature. Right. But, like, I still don't know that it's, like, it, it I, shouldn't be just 100% green light. Right. Exactly. There there's still needs, things to interrogate. There's still and things like, to interrogate and there needs to be some time in between because that is not fucking right. And you, uh, and your future mother-in-law is still your mom. <laughs> like, you're the woman who gave birth to you. Like, this isn't just like cut and dry. And the moment he says, oh, she married my dad when I was three, which means she's the only mother you've ever probably known. Right. Like, but it's fine. It's <laughs> no. like, no. What? There needs to be... It... it, it the, maybe like if the connection is so deep you can't move on from it it's like you can't just like go straight into making out it just seems like it's it's well we need to it it, it, it couldn't have been quicker that they started kissing <laughs> like all she needed was like the like the tiniest alteration to the story for that to be okay also before he even said it it was pretty clear to me that she was prepared to do what she was prepared she to to do, to dive, to do what she needs to, to do dive to make in this anyways work. like that's the wild. way she said but i'm in love with you already and it's like baby with such ease that actually le- it, leads really well into my final loathe point i love it which i know i love it i knew it that's yep what that's why you said it give it up um at the end of the movie when viola exposes herself to duke and says this is who i am blah 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 and she drops a hard I love you to Channing Tatum. And I just thought this is a two-week timeline. You are 16, 17 years old, and you are dropping an I love you to Duke Orsino already. It felt early. It felt rushed. It felt insane. And it felt like there was too much. No, that is a lot. I mean, I guess, like, I mean, I don't know. Look, I was, Lord knows, I was just white knuckling, holding onto that closet door for dear life at 16, 17 years old. So I don't know what the straights were doing. But um, but saying I love I was, you after maybe less than two weeks because Sebastian clearly came home early, like, that's too early for anybody. That's too early for lesbians. That's too early for straight people. I don't know if that's too early for lesbians. Just calm down. But I do think that. It is quite quick. Yes. To say to say I love you, mm-hmm. and also he's still not sure about you. No, you've just so exposed it's... It. again. It's it's the waiting before you really dive in, which I think is important. Yeah, and he sort of is like, thanks, but no. But then later on, kind of like, you're what's left. So sure. Yeah, I guess I've had some time to process that. You know, you are the funny my thing only about option. Channing Tatum's. About Chain Tatum's casting is like, 
I never bought the fact that he was too scared to go up to this girl. Me neither. And like, that, that's the thing. But it's like, it's Channing Tatum who is like a conventionally handsome mm-hmm. 25-year-old man and looks it. And like muscly and whatever. And like this like you, this like blonde girl who's like cute. But it's like there was nothing about this scenario that like made me think. Like it didn't make sense to me. No. That he was like, oh. I don't I, know what to I say don't know if she's in gonna front want of her. Me. I don't know if she's going to want me. Oh, my God. Like, I'm six foot two. She probably doesn't like guys that tall. She probably doesn't like tans and abs. <laughs> I'll just, like, I'll just, I'm the captain of, like, the, the soccer team, which is apparently the biggest thing in the world at this school. Yeah. And, like, I, I've never found a shirt that fit. So I'll just wear low-rise sweatpants <laughs> everywhere I go with my dick print showing. Like, and like you don't then I'll have, be, like, sheepish. Like, high school girls throwing themselves at you. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, to borrow a word from Gen Z, like, you know this character has Riz. You know he's not sitting around being... Don't give me that look. <laughs> did it sound no. Did it sound horrible coming from him? I'll just sound like... No, it sounded natural did, and organic. Okay, definitely. And it's, more. It sounded, it's, more it sounded like young and cool and hip, or was that... Yeah, okay. yeah, to me. Okay. To, to another elder millennial, <laughs> it... It was. Who, it was who watches the, the fucking love boat in his spare time? <laughs> like, baby, I, when I saw the love boat, you know how excited I got. You know, Dave. Dave gets just as excited as I do now. Good. And I wonder sometimes. I wonder if Dave. Dave, do you love these shows as much as I do, or do you just feel like, oh, it makes him happy, so like, I'll just like do this with him, or do you genuinely like on your own like love these shows? Maybe that's a marriage. Maybe he, that's an, no, he said he said but, I love them. Oh, that's, I love you. That's baby. nice. I love, I love. Well, he loves them too. I love that for you guys. Okay. Do you? I do too. I, I wonder that. Do you have any more loaded points? My last loaded point okay. was just this, and it was one that hit me today while watching the movie. I don't understand. Like, so when the movie first starts, it is very clear to us that like viola is a very good soccer player mm-hmm. like so good that like she could get a scholarship to go to like college and do it and that's a big part of this the soccer girl soccer team disappearing means that opportunities for these girls post-college have, has also like disappeared mm-hmm. and dwindled as well post although to be fair if oh yeah although to be fair if scouts were looking at you they're looking at you and like you're like i don't know if it's the same I, I it depends from what i gather from like having family members who have been very involved in sports mm-hmm. and stuff and it may be different everywhere but they're looking at you like sophomore junior year well, right. they're really interested i think so but anyway this movie it's very much like do or die like right like right now like she's gotta you know make this make a way for herself mm-hmm. as a young white woman you know who comes from money and wealth in the world like famously the most like marginalized mm, group like mm-hmm. how is she gonna get into college with her with her parents millions of dollars yeah <laughs> with their access <laughs> no good, no good luck girly <laughs> it's gonna happen on that soccer field mm-hmm. and so we are made to believe that she's a very very good soccer player and then she goes over to the boys team at this school and she literally her boyfriend said to her at the beginning of the movie oh my god you're good enough to like you play better than a lot of these guys mm-hmm. and she goes over there and i feel like what i didn't like that they did in this movie was they almost like lessened her ability mm-hmm. and they took away her authority as a soccer player yeah. and so a lot of the movie features these segments which are really more than anything about bonding that's happening between the duke character and the viola as sebastian character where like they're doing drills together and she's on the team but she doesn't even make first string initially she Mm -hmm. makes second string and she spends a lot of the movie working out and like doing all of these things to in theory like get herself to like a level that she could sort of like be first string Mm -hmm. but it's like if you told us at the beginning of the movie 
that she's good enough to play with the boys. I think it would have been better to watch her come on the soccer team and eclipse everyone mm-hmm. and then watch the Duke character try and keep up with her. Yeah. As opposed to making her, make I, him making her a better soccer player. I, I wish there would be more of a match of equals. I do agree with you, but the one problem that exists is then they, Duke and Sebastian, don't have a deal. Because the deal is that Sebastian is going to get Olivia to talk to Duke and date him if Duke teaches him how to get improve his game to get in first string so it's like i understand why the choice was made but i agree that it could have been done differently because it does negate what's said in the beginning of the movie and so you're kind of left feeling like oh maybe she isn't as good as they say she is which i don't like because it sort of does sort of drive home the factor that like a woman maybe cannot be as good of a soccer player as uh, or a girl cannot be as good of a soccer player as the boys team and i don't like that you bring up a really good plot point though i i feel like i just wish there was a way that we could have like made her made her a better player mm-hmm. even if it was like if the bet had been about something else maybe if he was a fucking idiot in school and she was like tutoring him right. if there was something yes. like maybe scholastically maybe that that sort of and then but maybe there was to, a way that it she needs was actually... to be him doing something for her in exchange well that's what i mean maybe he he's amazing at algebra and she's like okay and she's not good at it or something like that then maybe that would have been it and then but actually but she's killing it on the field mm-hmm. and she's second string because of her grades yeah you know what i mean or something like that yes. i don't know i just that would have made more see sense her be, i wish we got to see her be great at this thing that she loves I for agree. more of the movie mm-hmm. and i think it would be really cool to see the two of them as like really good athletes sort of in this like tête-à-tête mm-hmm. and like I think that could have been fun too. Yeah. But that was like a little thing that was just sort of going through my head as I was watching this movie the the last go round. No, I um, think that's an important yeah. point and I agree with you that it does sort of like downplay her, you know, and sort of play into that narrative that like oh there is a you know a major difference between how boys and girls play soccer in high school whereas like talent is talent, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So and that was the whole point was mm-hmm. that she could come out here and she could best these dudes. Right. And it's and a bunch of the girls really wanted that opportunity to play on the boys' soccer team at the beginning, and she's the only one who gets it. Exactly. So she's like this sort of like she becomes like a totem. She becomes like something bigger than herself. Right. And I think that it would have been nice to see her that character be given the opportunity to really hold that torch. Yeah. And us to see her go in there and wax those dudes' asses. And then at the end for them to be like, Oh shit, she's been kicking our asses yeah. on the field. She's a better player than any of us than any of us this whole time mm-hmm. we all were completely wrong and it forces everybody to unlearn what they what they thought they knew right. about masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. so i think that would have been a bigger sort of message absolutely as opposed to her spending so much of the movie working to get the skill set to be able to like be one of the boys mm-hmm. and then we only really see her reach her, sort of her peak at the very end i think there are other ways that she could have been lacking that they could have like figured out to balance it in some ways but Show us that she's got the fucking skills on the, yes. on the you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. Our, our producer agree. just chimed in with, keep those woke storylines out of this podcast. And he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's I right. I can tell that cause... story earlier about the brother punching the, the sister in the... Yeah. In the, yeah. That's wild. I mean, that's if, a wild thing to say. If anything, this is a right-wing podcast. And I think we need to stay oh, true for... <laughs> to those ideals. And Baby. Yeah. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. And I hope you're all sort of prepared for this upcoming election and sort of thinking mm. about the messages we're bringing here oh, and how God. those can translate 
to the voters, the voting booth, and make sure like oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, a Papa T is, is, is back, back and he, you know, he can. Uh, those all the indictments in the world couldn't stop him. So go ahead and um, and like Dave, our producer said, um, he said make sure it's the white choice, and I think that speaks volumes. You know, well, it's gonna be white no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's gonna be old. It's gonna be octogenarian. No, no matter what. It's too. gonna be a fucking mess, um, no matter what. But anyways, um, we are of course joking. We are of course. If you are, if this is this is the only clip you hear from us, we are absolutely joking. So um, yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that was our coverage of she's the she's man. the man. Brandon, I have two questions for you, and I hope you're ready and willing Ask to em. answer them for me Ask a mama. number one Ask a... number one would you watch this movie again yeah i would with you specifically yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes i would i love that um and then number two do you have a movie for me to watch next week so that we can continue on this journey that we have i had started? so many directions that i was Ooh. like going back and forth and back and forth on uh i made the choice that i made for a couple of reasons. Mm. One is this is a person who I've been wanting to get in the mix for a while. Yeah. He is one of my favorites and one of my like comedy idols. And I love him so much. And it features one of our, the greatest actresses of all time. So I am giving you to watch 1991's Defending Your Life. I have no idea what it is. Do you- okay. It's, it's a really, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a delightful a romantic comedy and uh, i think you will really like it a lot i and, can't uh, wait defend defending yeah. your life yes okay. and i've actually left you all hanging so i'll just say it, it stars uh albert brooks ah uh, uh, yeah boy and, you love and albert so brooks. i've been really wanting to get albert brooks in the mix for a time uh as many of you know i i love albert brooks and he's just such a genius mm. and so this is an opportunity for us to this is written and directed by albert brooks by the way so amazing this is really a a deep a deep dive a, a, into a tour it. de force of i don't i don't know if that qualifies i actually don't really know what that phrase means but i'm excited to do it either way it, it is though it okay. is a tour de force no it's it's a, it's a really great performance from him and the lead actress and uh yeah I'm excited. awesome well thank you bran for discussing she's the man with me so thoroughly this has been a pleasure as always to it was a lot of fun to pleasure myself and pleasure you um on this podcast um Ugh, i love it and i love pleasure. i love exchanging pleasure and um you know we do it Ugh. so seamlessly here and i want to thank our listeners who are experiencing this pleasure with us and hopefully pleasuring themselves so at home with 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 pleasure. with their friends and and on their own and however they can make sure to exchange that pleasure i hope you're doing it um we love you and we want you to keep in touch with us and keep pleasuring us and pleasuring yourself and so Oh, it's really simple way to do that is to find us on social media and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and threads at movies we missed. And we will make sure to um, pleasure you back. If you DM us or um, comment on anything um, pleasurable that we post out there uh, during the week. Um, but we cannot wait to do it again next week. We love you, and we will see you for 1991's Defending Your Life. 
Fucking podcast to me slapper because we know what the fuck we're doing.